and welcome to the BSA Capital Technology and Transitional Energy blog. Um, it's Thursday, the 20th of January. Uh, Phil, hi, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you, Andrew. Excellent. Um, now, you are actually working from home today because, sadly, you've got your father's funeral on Monday and we've said that stay at home just to make sure you can attend, haven't you? Yes, yeah. But of course, it is now working from home guidance has been removed, which is good news. And we can all get back into the office and get on doing proper business. Um, but at VSA, we look after our employees. Just you had do. to mention that. Sorry. <laughs> you, 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 you do, Andrew. And um, and yeah, I'm at home and got the got the heating on. It's cold and uh, yeah, using up valuable gas. But there we go. Well, your heating is costing a lot of money at the moment. What we need to do is get more of that you know, transitional energy, which is coming in cheaper. Um, but we'll maybe touch base on that later on. I thought, I mean, you know, the market at the moment is pretty tough. Um, a lot of the small cap companies are getting hit pretty hard. A lot of the um, transitional energy stocks certainly getting hit pretty hard. But interesting enough, as you read all the RNSs that are coming out every morning, nearly all of them actually, and we'll discuss quite a lot of them later, are, are showing guidance actually ahead of expectations. Uh, but we also, of course, this week had the inflation numbers coming in at 5.4%. And inflation is, you know, roaring around the world, isn't it? Which, you know, one does have to keep an eye on it. Um, currently, wage inflation isn't running too out of control, but it could easily go that way. Uh, and then you start to have real problems. Of course, you know, the good news is at the moment, if you've got cash, it's being deflated away because they're printing more and more notes, which means your cash is actually worth less and inflation then makes it worth less. Um, you don't want to be in the bond market because interest rates are only going one way. So, you know, asset, as an asset class, equities or houses or something like that are the best defence against all of this. So actually, longer term, I remain pretty optimistic about the equity market. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, look, I, look, I do. And I, I think it's all about the pace of of interest rate rises and how that's managed to control it and i think just everyone's just got to remember that we went into a bit of a shock downturn and we're having a bit of a shock recovery um and you know with that there's big demand on jobs and materials and on resources on all sorts it's quite a fast recovery so you know it's just how that evens out but it's watching out for the yeah the cycle of interest rate rises and of course um, not just UK trading updates. We've got the US, you know, US yeah. results coming out. They're about uh, to come out thick and thin, aren't they? Uh, they but, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also that old saying, for isn't it? Nothing goes up in a straight line. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. Runner beans? No, not even they do. So <laughs> I wish I could get my runner beans to go up in a straight line. But <laughs> I wish I could get my runner beans to be straight as well. And actually, slightly less. Mine are always a bit tough and they have bigger, big, whatever, the bean inside always seems to be bigger than it needs to be when you buy them in a supermarket. But uh, there you go, I've given the game away that I do actually grow my own runner beans. <laughs> Sad, isn't it? And now, look, I've also got to say, we, we always appreciate messages or comments or requests. Uh, and actually, last week, uh, we had a request to um, maybe bring on Simon Gallagher of uh, eSmart uh, Networks, which is part of Nexus infrastructure. Simon's a fascinating guy, knows an awful lot about what he's talking about. We have a lot of time for eSmart networks. We have a lot of time for Nexus infrastructure. But I would just point out, unfortunately at the moment, we can't really bring him on. They are, they have announced 
that they are potentially going to do a transaction with eSmart Networks, be it a, a separate flotation, although only for a minority state, or bring in some a minority investor. And really, whilst all of that's going on, I think it would be difficult to bring him on. So it's not that we don't want to. We love the idea. Thank you for the suggestion. Um, but I think at the moment, it's it's probably not one that we can do until we know where that transaction is going to end up. Yeah. But please, please do send us in ideas, comments, criticism, whatever you want to do. We love it. Um, right. What should we talk about? There's quite a lot of results and things to talk about, aren't there, uh, Phil? I don't know if you want to. I mean, we could. Why, I mean, is it you? You mentioned um, actually uh, uh, American results, which are about to pour in towards the end of January. We always get a big one. But I mean, what are your views, first of all, perhaps, Phil, on Microsoft buying um, uh, what is it called? Uh, Actin in this blizzard. Oh, anyway, call of Duty, let's call it. Um, call that was of a massive deal, wasn't it? Duty and Activision. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a, yeah, that's a huge potential transaction. Uh, and I was reading, I think it might have been in The Guardian, actually. That's very good in their business pages. Uh, but they were saying that they reckon that um, Microsoft will gain access to 390 million monthly users. Now, if you think about that and about subscription services for games, apparently Microsoft's already got 25 million users online for its games. That attraction of recurring revenue and margins um, <laughs> must be very compelling. Um, I mean, it's a fifty billion pound proposed acquisition. So I don't know about the, you know, the multiples that they're paying on this, but um, but also, you know, Microsoft are looking at the development of the metaverse, which is something that uh, we've spoken about and know a bit about. But this is, you know, really it's it, it's VR, VR, virtual reality, uh, virtual worlds. And uh, as the Guardian astutely pointed out, do you really want to be dropped into the Call of Duty <laughs> metaverse and see how long you survive? Um, but, you know, it's classic theme in tech, this is. Um, and that's all about getting recurring users, no matter what you're doing. Uh, having them locked in for the long term and on subscription models uh, and using your product. Yeah, very, very exciting. It, it's quite a deal, as we said. I mean, we, we've been saying on this podcast now for probably nine months, there's going to be an awful lot of M&A and there's plenty more to come in, in a low interest rate environment where growth is harder to achieve organically. M&A um, is the obvious way forward. Um, so you are the Guardian reader, are you? Is that what you're confessing to? Uh, yes, but I, I do also. I often wondered who it was. <laughs> I get the Telegraph and the Times. One always needs a balanced view. <laughs> well, that's what you do all morning. Read the newspapers, right? Um, right. Let's ask you, talking of sort of the big ones, I noticed also, in fact, I think this was in the Telegraph probably um at the end of last week or the beginning of the week. And then they also then put out a trading statement today, and that is a Deliveroo. Um, now, it, it, the the founder of Deliveroo was criticising the city for being toxic towards tech companies. Um, I, I think that's very unfair. Um, and actually, maybe, you know, what he was saying was that Americans rate technology companies far more highly than the UK. Well, maybe the UK's got it right and America's got it wrong. Um, but also, I think to say we're toxic for tech companies would be wrong because we actually have a lot of very successful tech companies in the UK. Um, if we have one fault, it's probably that we sell out some of our smaller, high-growth ones too early. Um, and obviously, ARM was an example of that, potentially. Um, but then, of course, they, they came out with um, 
a trading statement today, which was, I mean, it's full of so much bloody jargon and everything. I really couldn't completely understand it if you really want my my honest opinion. Um, I don't know if you've got a comment on the, the trading statement from Deliveroo today. Uh, no, I don't, actually. Um, and interestingly, <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know, I knew this was going to happen, Andrew. And I'll tell, shall I tell you why. It's because actually we do have a, a lot of good tech companies and we've had a lot of trading statements out of them. That's so. very true. I mean, look, I'll tell you what, they're actually off 20% so far this year, but today they have rallied um, a few pence and they're up 2.5%. So the trading statement obviously was taken fine. Um, but it's uh, it's an interesting, shall we say, view taken by the founder of Deliveroo. Uh, okay, let, let's move on then, as you say. We've had a lot of trading statements. Why don't you kick off and I'll pick up on any that... Uh, that I think you've missed and I've gotten, we can just do it yeah, that way. Yeah. Perfect. And, and again, you know, I want to comment on the US valuations piece as well, is to remember that, you know, always the higher the multiples with these things, um, and if they're lacking underpinnings, you know, the harder they have to fall if if there is a market, you know, if there is a market shakeout. So it's not, you know, it's not, this is not a straightforward thing when it comes to valuation. That needs to be borne in mind. So, um, just moving on swiftly, um, EMIS, E-M-I-S, the ticker's E-M-I-S-G, 800 million market cap. Uh, I don't know if you've come across this company before, Andrew, may have spoken about it. Uh, it's healthcare software, and um, they are probably best known. I mean, obviously, the NHS is a big customer, um, but they're best known for the software that's being used to power the vaccination program. Uh, in England in terms of, you know, interfacing with the doctors, the vaccination centres, the bookings, um, and uh, and they've done very, very well. And they've said that they've powered more than 75 million vaccinations in England. So they had to respond very quickly in terms of getting the software developed and out into the marketplace and running. Um, so they've had a trading update for, for the year ending 31st of December 2021, and they said that they performed very strongly with revenue-adjusted profits ahead. Uh, and slightly top of consensus. Um, they've also said that in, in the health, now bear in mind, you know, the vaccination problem, program has obviously been a contributor, that the revenues are reflecting more normalised trading, um, you know, sort of going uh, going, going forward. Um, and they've also said that they're looking for double-digit growth in uh, patient-facing services, analytics and pharmacy. And as we know, you know, through COVID, the whole sort of the interface with the NHS and doctors, surgeries and pharmacists is changing and pharmacists will probably be doing more, you know, doctors more online. So it's a good long term drivers and the share prices has been going well. So I thought I thought that was a good, good statement. So, you know, yeah, up 72 up seven P today, up nearly six uh, percent. So obviously the statement's been taken well. And it's been one of those what I describe as steady performance, isn't it? You know, it yeah. was 10 years ago it was about two pounds fifty today it's thirteen pounds thirty six you know it just has gone up nice and steadily yeah. as they say get rich slowly that's the way to do it yep 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 so there's there's a nice uk tech company that's done well on the stock market right yep. so move, moving I'll on one that, i'll tell you another one that had a very positive trading statement which i'm sure you, you've got on your list but it's one you've talked about in this podcast before, which was midwich yes yep Andrew, I don't know if you want to comment, or I can, I can certainly. No, comment. you comment. I was letting you have a go. Yeah, yeah, we were leading you in. <laughs> hey, well, we have we have discussed this which group before. Uh, ticker is MIDW, five hundred seventy million market cap. 
um, and they had a year-end uh, trading update. Now, this trades on a rating of, of EV revenue at 0.6 times, um, uh, you know, and EV bits are of 12.7 times. So this is a <laughs> compared with some of those nice US multiples, these are pretty low. And yet this company's been doing very well. What they do, they uh, they supply its audiovisual equipment, sound equipment, uh, professional um, is, is professional audio stuff. So all those things in offices and when you're on your video calls, all of that kit um, is what they provide. And they they're, they're you know, essentially a value-added distributor of this equipment. And they use the, you know, it's the globe from global manufacturers. They said that their um, their year-end finished really strongly, and they are expecting a revenue for the year in excess of 850 million, and that's growth of 20% over the prior year. Gross margins are up, something we always look for. Um, and the uh, what else did they say? There, they're anticipating reporting adjusted profit for tax, not less than 31.5 million, ahead of previous expectations. So good performance there. And also, what I'd say is that you know, going forward, you think all those folks that are coming back to um, to offices and businesses spending in this area, that's going to be a good thing for them. Yeah. Now, look, I'll tell you what, I mean, make a comment on any of these if you want, but we had a positive trading update from Diploma. We've had a positive trading update from Wise. Uh, we've had a positive trading update from Alpha Wave. Uh, and I think, again, you might want to comment. We've had a positive trade on, from Ashdead Technology, that, which was we talked about in the past, recently floated out of Ashdead, obviously with the oil price helping there. Yep. Um, and we've also had uh, news out of positive trading system, I believe, out of Aspirant. I Wait, don't know any please. of those you want to touch base on we don't want to go on for too long on every single no 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 no, no. just quickly on quickly on spirants because uh, this is very topical um tickets spt market got 1.5 billion uh and it's trading on three times ev re revenue and uh 12 times ev bit dust so uh four year trading update spirant is a, a maker supplying global markets or in communications such as mobile mobile handsets high-speed data networks, and it's test equipment. So they test all of these. So when the kit's being developed uh, in the labs, they're doing all the testing on it. They're also testing it in the field. 5G is a big driver for them. Um, and they said they've had good order intake for the year, um, and their full-year revenue is up 10%. Um, now, this company generates a lot of cash. Their cash closed at $175 million, uh, million dollars, and it has very strong profit margins. So... You know, it's just a good, a good quality business in terms of financial delivery, uh, and 5G has been a, a real driver for them. But obviously, in the news, um, I'm sure you saw Andrew that um, in the US there have been, um, you know, issues with regulators apparently in terms of of 5G implementation around airports and potentially um, 5G interfering with aircraft navigation systems in the US. Um, so. That's a, a bit of issue for them, but AT&T do point out that they've got systems in 40 countries and they've all been tested and safely deployed without disrupting aircraft. So, hey-ho, there you go. But you can see that 5G is uh, certainly still growing. Yeah, but even British Airways today have, have rescheduled some of their flights to, uh, I think, it's four or five American cities, uh -huh. such as Chicago, because of this issue. So it clearly is an issue. Um, but I think the good news is what we're seeing is the trend across all of these technology companies is actually that things are going a little bit better than market expects. Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know what, I think that's fair to say. And in spite of, you know, what may be seen as sort of inflationary headwinds, at the end of the day, this is down to businesses buying kit mm. or buying software. 
or they're investing capital and that takes confidence. Now, look, there's two sets of figures um, I'd quite like us to discuss very quickly, hopefully. Um, one is a corporate client of ours and the other has been a client of ours, but is no longer. It's, it's sort of grown up from us, I suppose, is one way of putting it. But the first one was uh, Pressure Technologies, which had its full year figures, which uh, actually none of it really should have been a surprise because they had a very thorough trading update um, at the back end of last year. Um, the market hasn't taken it too well, which is disappointing, really, in a way. Um, it's it's a, a management team that came in fairly recently and then is turning it around, and I think doing a great job. But obviously, the reason we like it, it's one of our picks and shovels because its hydrogen division is growing at over a thousand percent. Okay, from a small number, two hundred thousand up to two point two million. Um, but we do think that you know if you're going to have a hydrogen economy, um, you've got to have hydrogen storage. And the reality is, is they've got partnerships now running with Tenaris and Valorec. And these are two big monsters who, in my view, are will end up almost competing to, um, I'll say it on a podcast, acquire eventually this business because it's very valuable what they do. It, their ability dealing at sort of five to 700 bar for a very complex cylinder uh, and they do a lot of, you know, uh, MOD work for the, the Royal Navy in particular and the submarines, et cetera, but also frigates and things. It is, it's unique proprietary capability to a certain extent. And there's a lot of people all around the world who need it. Uh, what, what's your comment, Phil? It is a corporate stock, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, look, it's it's highly specialised engineering. They've been around, for, I mean, this business has been around for, uh, you know, 100, over 100 years. And there's a reason for that is that there are not many people do what they do. This really, really is specialised uh, engineering with some, with some, you know, some highly um, demanding applications. I mean, their, their cylinders are used in nuclear submarines under tremendous pressure. They're also used in the safety systems in nuclear reactors. That's the quality of engineering um, and that's rare and hard to find that's what they have it's one of those classic small highly specialized uk uk businesses but with it does have the super opportunity in hydrogen storage yeah i think unfortunately uh they did have gresham house as a major shareholder of about i think it's just over 20 percent and obviously with the the takeover by harvard capital uh, not all of it has moved across to harvard capital about i think 13 or 14 percent of that has moved across and so there's sort of a stray 5% left with what is the rest of Gresham. And I think that is overhanging the market slightly and needs clearing out before the stock can go forward, which is slightly annoying. But it is, it's a great company, I think. Yeah. Uh, obviously, both of us have been up to, to Sheffield and seen it. And it's um, you could not replicate this for anything like the market cap that it is currently. Um, moving on, though, it, we also today we had Ilica interims. Uh, Ilica obviously solid state batteries. Um, you know, look, you have to be careful with the numbers because I think it was um, a revenue number of something like £200,000 only and a loss of £3.5 Um, But it's really not about the numbers. It's about our solid state batteries going to be the future. And they are. And it, I do think that Ilica have got a very interesting product that probably is going to be very successful at some stage. Uh, but what's your take, Phil? Yeah, look, it's interesting, UK tech. Um, I would point out that it's tickers IKA, um, 250 million market valuation. Um, and my word, the shares have had a good run as well, uh, up, to, up to the current price. But yeah, it's solid state tech. It's in some pretty good growth markets. So this is like they do uh, 
benefits of solid state are for our very high energy density batteries and ones that can be cycled and recharged um you know recharge multiple times uh and they're also small batteries are for the iot internet things markets but also medical devices industrial wireless sensors um so they're really really high volume markets but they're also developing cells for electric vehicles and that's a different market altogether these will be larger cells and that's a highly competitive area but you know it's just one of those interesting technologies that might might really make it and there's got you know the opportunity for for global scale potentially i guess hence the valuation there yeah uh you know it's um I, i've been down quite a few years ago to the uh, the what was their base in Southampton? Obviously, they're building a big facility now. Um, they do have some really smart technology. Um, anyway, moving on, sort of battery world. I don't know if you've got any comment. But we've had news coming out uh, this week on the whole sort of Bushveld Mustang Energy Enerox stroke cell cube situation, which seems like a right bugger's muddle, Phil. I don't know if you've followed it at all. I thought I tried to read the statement, Andrew, and it was yes, it was, it was not entirely straightforward to get through. You probably closer to this one than I am. Uh, well, I think I summed up what I thought the right bugger's muddle. It's a shame because I think actually, I mean, whether Enerox is now Selkie, really. Um, yeah. uh, I think they've uh, they're actually starting to make progress in the in the the VFB market. Um, Obviously, at the moment, our client, Invinity Energy Systems, which we think is is going to be very successful, its share price has been smashed, unfortunately, um, but we're just sort of waiting for news. I, I think the two of them are the two leading companies. Um, I don't know, maybe this, maybe we're getting close to a stage where we need to create one monster vanadium flow battery company that can really lead the world and, and show that it is the perfect solution for what is known as LDES, long duration energy storage. Uh, and you do need LDES if you're going to have SWB. Oh, I love all these acronyms. I should be on the delivery thing. Um, but SWB, solar wind batteries. And I noticed this week that we had this incredible announcement actually um, on Scottish wind farms, where, you know, I think that currently, correct me if I'm wrong, we have about 12 gigawatts of wind farms in place. We thought they may increase it up to about 20, but they're actually going to add another 25 gigawatts of Scottish wind, offshore Scottish, offshore and onshore actually Scottish wind farms. Um, that is a, an enormous amount of wind power they're potentially putting in, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, that was that was, <laughs> that was a stunning announcement. So this is the Crown Estates. Um, well, obviously the Queen is connected with the Crown Estates, um, and they have been uh, auctioning off their yeah the seabed assets. Uh, collectively, yep, 25 gigawatts of capacity could be put on the uh, the the seven, you know the acreage of 7,000 kilometres square. And just so you know what that actually means, I mean, this morning generation in the UK was 43 gigawatts in total electricity, uh, and I was just looking, and seven gigawatts of that was from wind. Um, so this will be a tremendous step up in uh, in capacity. Oh yeah, and boy, do we need it. A BP and Shell. Uh, we're in there bidding as we're SSE. Uh, well, well done, Your Majesty, for leading the way. Someone needs to. Um, now, obviously, you know, when you get announcements like that, what you should read through again is our theory of the whole picks and shovels, really, isn't it? Because the point is that in wind farms of this size, there will be people like we've mentioned before, Techmar uh -huh. uh, and Lamprell, who are very involved in the picks and shovels parts of these wind farms. Um, 
And those are the companies that you probably can play in order to benefit from this absolutely massive expansion. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I mean, obviously, a lot, you know, quite a bit of this is going to get made, will be made overseas, manufactured and imported. But surely to goodness, you know, companies like that can see some of this, some of this business because it's such a massive opportunity. But they have to. Somebody has to do it, and it'll be them. They're the only people with the expertise. Um, anyway, look, let's. Uh, time is cracking on, so I'm going to sort of go complete the circle to a start. So we started off talking about massive M and A, and I'm going to end it on massive M and A. Moving to uh, tech trends and brands. Uh, obviously, we saw Unilever come out with this 50 billion bid for the consumer division of GSK, uh, which just shows the value of brands. Uh, now, brands actually have been um various bits and pieces of it in the news uh, this week i think as most people know we act for three brand companies in-house we act for um samarkand uh, we act for silverwood and we act for s ventures uh, we're pretty excited about all three of them um we also though saw uh, this week um quite a lot of criticism in the newspapers i'm sure it was in the telegraph or the guardian one of them about the hut group uh, and whatever he's called now prince of protein um, and then they also had a trading statement, which wasn't a very good trading statement. Actually, he's, he's missing targets. So things not going terribly well at the Hutt Group. Yeah, no, I saw that trading statement. Also, the, you know, they've, they've said that their EBITDA margins or profit margins are going to be um, you know, a bit lower than market expectations. And part of that is adverse foreign currency. But obviously, they've got, you know, there's inflationary pressure there as well. Uh, you know, relating to commodity prices, um, that we, you know, commodities used in their nutrition division. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so also, I, I see, I saw over the, the weekend in the Mail on Sunday, that might be a newspaper you don't read, Phil. Um, maybe it's a bit too right-wing for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't read, don't look at the Mail. Anyway, carry uh, on. <laughs> a company called Neon um is looking to potentially ipo i believe rothschilds are, are handling whether it be a trade sale or an ipo that sort of thing um and actually it's quite interesting neon they're a british company pretty closely focused into the uk um but in their their reasoning for ipoing uh one of the main reasons was they wanted to be able to expand into china um and obviously that's something that we do take a big interest in um now, the other thing to note about Neom is that I believe they, um, they've they had pretty good growth, um, but the sort of valuation they're looking at is five times sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, times sales, if you put that onto most companies, would increase their valuation dramatically. But that's the sort of value, five times sales, that these brand companies are going on. It's pretty extraordinary, but that is the sort of value. Uh, so did you, I was just going to say, Andrew, the GSK... Uh, Unilever approach. So uh, I was just reading in the Times that, um, and in fact, no, this is from G- GSK's own statement on this. Um, they said that uh, that healthcare business had annual sales of 9.6 billion in 2021. Unilever offered 50 billion, and that is five times its revenue. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? So anybody looking at a brand company, um, think five times sales. Uh, if you can go and um, invest in a brand company on, say, one time sales or, or even less than that, um, then you've got an absolute bargain. 
and there's plenty of upside. And I think it's fair to say that R2 Stock, Silverwood Brands and S Ventures, they are looking at deals where they potentially hopefully do some sort of a, a deal of that nature, where they can acquire something which maybe isn't quite fully grown um, and do certain clever tricks so you get it effectively on one-time sales and therefore you, you can then see the valuation go up to five-time sales, which is why there is so much upside potential in this little subsector. It's pretty exciting. Just also though, mentioning, I mentioned Neil, you know, Samarkand, obviously that is the way uh, to get your, your product into China by signing up with Samarkand. They signed up an extension with Temple Spa this week. Um, the only slight negative for Samarkand that's come out this week is, I don't know if you've seen, but the Chinese are now saying, don't take parcels and letters from the West. You might get COVID from them. Um, the <laughs> thought that actually you've put a little parcel into the hold of an aeroplane and flown it to China at minus, I think it's something like 50 degrees Celsius, and that somehow that virus has still managed to live is pretty extraordinary. Um, but then who knows? I can't make a comment on that. And I don't know what, I certainly don't want to upset the Chinese to suggest that maybe they're wrong. Uh, that would not be a good move. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we really need to worry too much about that. But it's worth pointing out that that was put out. And of course, don't forget, um, I'm sure no one has forgotten that. I'm sure they have, because not everybody follows China quite as closely as we do. Um, but the Chinese New Year is coming up at the beginning of February. It's early February. It's an early Chinese New Year this year. Uh, and that obviously for anybody doing business with China, it's, it, the run up to that is incredibly important. It's the equivalent of the run up to Christmas in the UK. Uh, and so obviously um, there will be various bits of news coming out of that. Phil, I think we've probably done our 30 minutes and we'll be boring the hell out of everybody. Unless there's anything else you feel I've missed. <laughs> I don't think there is. We've, we've covered a lot. Uh, we may have missed a few trading updates, but we can, you know, we can we can cover some of those next week, probably in a bit more detail as well. Yeah, I'm sure we can always circle back on anything. And if there's anything that people feel we've missed or didn't talk enough about, just let us know. Direct messages on Twitter or email us or however you want to get hold of us. Um, and we will try and talk about it. Um, we're here to serve, as British Airways would say, going back to them. Uh, on that note, um, thanks a lot, Phil, and we'll speak again next week. We certainly will. Cheers, Andrew.